This is Nope, I'm Scared. Yes, a podcast where we talk about spooky things. All things spooky. True crime. All things that we nope. Yeah, all things that we nope. True crime, paranormal, ghosties. I don't think you have to explain it every time. I really don't. Well, it makes me feel better. Okay. I'm Alexa. I'm Ella. And, uh, it's September. Uh, Yeah. It is September. My house is decorated. I have watched Hocus Pocus. I have watched Halloween Town already. Scooby Doo. Yeah, I am thriving. Yes, it is. I made cookies. I have to go get those pumpkin cookies that you know you cut up. You know what I mean? No. Those they're like Pillsbury cookies, and they have like the the painted picture on it. The the cliche picture of pumpkin cookies. Yeah. Need those. Mm-hmm. Um, just about to bake right now. I just needed to, yeah, cool the fuck down. Yeah, it's like 114 back where I live. 100 to here. Yeah. Um, not a good time. I'm not here for it. No. No. Summer needs to die. I think you've got, like, less than 20 days. I know, but I just needed to stop feeling like summer. I know, because we all know, even if it's fall, it's still going to be summer. Yeah, and it's... Fire season in California. There's everywhere. literally fires everywhere. Up north, there, in the mountains. I don't think there's any that are super big, like the last couple of years yet. Yeah. But <laughs> yet, there's well, because there's one up by like Josh's area, but not quite where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's one in above Monrovia, and then there's one by the apple orchards. I like how we talk about this as if people know where they are. I It doesn't matter. There's one pretty close to us, and then I think me saying there's one by the apple orchards is just enough to be concerned, because it's by the apple, apple orchards. orchards. Yeah. I need to go picking stuff, and that place has been there forever. I will be forever. so sad if it burns down. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, yeah, as you guys know, this episode is uh, Jack the Ripper. It's an Ella Run episode. So it's probably not going to be too good yet. We're still working out the kinks and shit. I don't know. It's your first big case, though. I'm going to try not to read your notes over there. I think that's why we we do our stuff in the small font. Because then no one can, <laughs> neither of us can read the other person's screen. <laughs> Stop looking at the notes. Because we both have glasses. <laughs> Do you have yeah. any any updates for the people? Um, thanks. Do we have any updates for the people? I don't think so. I still can't get any information off of iTunes about our listeners, so there's that. That's sad. Um, if you're listening to us on iTunes, we appreciate you guys. Maybe uh, rate and review. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us how annoyed we are. <laughs> my dear. Alright, so this is part one of two, yeah, probably. This, it is going to be a two-parter, just because there's a lot of information. Yeah, but I did there, not expect it to be this long. Yeah, we were kind of expecting it to be something we could just, could just cover. Yeah. But, so, we're doing part one this week. We're actually recording a different episode right after this, so there's going to be a break in between the parts. But... We will finish it. We will. We promise. So it will happen. There you go. 
Yes. And I just want to say this whole, I don't know if, I feel most people that are listening to this will know the general story of Jack the Ripper, but you should know it's about to get gory and shitty as fuck. Yeah, it's really unpleasant. And so I'm just going to issue a trigger warning now if you don't like, Uh, you know, gruesome deaths. Yeah, blood, extreme violence. Yeah. Maybe this one isn't for you guys, but I think there's a lot of fun history. I hope you're going to get into, like, people's theories in the next episode. In the next episode, yeah. Yeah, because that's the fun part. So maybe just this episode, if you're not really big on gore or Yeah, and we've got a fun episode for you guys next week, too. Then you can skip this one um, and then just jump back in for part two when we kind of just talk about the funner aspects of this case. Yes. So, yeah. All right. So this one is about the the victims. Yeah. So Jack the Ripper murdered like at least five women. Really? I'm just gonna hold the mic. Again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing this again. All right. So he murdered at least five women, uh, most of whom were prostitutes. Well, we say sex workers now. Most of who are sex workers. Okay. We appreciate sex worker lives. Keep doing what you're doing. Anyways, um, the murders, there were, like, a dozen murders between 1888 and 1892, even though only five of them are Jack the Ripper murders, and those all happened in 1888. Do you have it where it was, like, the copycat? Because I think I had heard some, I feel like I remember something about there being murders later that people thought were copycat murders. Yeah, I'll cover that in the next episode. Okay. These are just the five canonical murders of of this dude. Okay. Um, The first victim was Mary Ann Nichols, found August 31st, 1888. We have Annie Chapman, who was found on September 8th. Elizabeth Stride, who was found September 30th. Catherine Eddowes, who was also found September 30th. And Mary Jane Kelly, who was found on November 9th. It's a big jump from September to November. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but... That seems odd. Yeah. Like, I know about this case, but I think I've... Like, I have... Okay, like, a lot... I think it was 2013, I found this true crime book series. Um, that They're, like... they're. It's, like, a series, but they're not necessarily connected. You don't have to read each one to understand what's going on. But there was this one called... Um, like, Now You See Me. Let me look up who it's by. Oh, yeah, by Sharon Bolton. It's, it's a, so, yeah, the book is called Now You See Me by Sharon Bolton. And it's, um, it's, like, it's a detective novel. So, like, it follows, like, a girl detective in, in, like, London, I think. And they're, like, coming across all of these cases that look like someone's recreating the Jack the Ripper cases. And okay. so it was super interesting. And so then I looked up a bunch of stuff about it. <laughs> but it's been since, like, 2013. Yeah, it's so been a bit. So that's where we're at. Yeah. So I do remember this, but there's some stuff that's kind of blurry for me. Yeah. So this will be a fun. Fun, fun. Some learning. Yeah. Yay. All the- Murder and death. <laughs> Murder. <laughs> Wait, I watched something. Oh, okay, so we were watching the end of season four for Supernatural. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, Sam 
and Dean kill Ruby. Yeah. Spoilers. And so my first reaction <laughs> was, that that's my wife. I didn't kill my, my wife. wife. <laughs> <laughs> and that was all I could think of. <laughs> right, it just plays on loop. Well, because it was his wife. <laughs> I think they were married at that point, right? I don't know. I just remember Jared following Jen around on the set acting like a lost puppy. Mm. I don't know yeah. when they actually got married. I don't know. But they were married in that up- other episode, so it had to be, yeah. like, soon-ish. So either way, yeah, yes, either way. Yeah. that's my wife. That's my wife. I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah, you're welcome. All but one of Jack the Ripper's victims were killed soliciting customers on the street, except for one. Hmm. Yeah, we ha- I said that already. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. In each instance, the victim's throat was cut and the body was usually mutilated. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way it was done showed that the killer had some kind of prior knowledge of anatomy. I do remember that. That's why they thought it was a doctor. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. Supposedly. That's what most people say. Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah, supposedly. (laughs) Um, yes. On one occasion, half of a human kidney, which may have been extracted from a murder victim, was mailed to the police. Authorities also received a series of taunting notes from a person calling himself Jack the Ripper... Um, saying he was the murderer. Yes. Is this the first documentation of a serial killer getting involved with the per- the police and sending them, like, letters and puzzles? I don't know. I feel like if I became a serial killer, that's something I would want to do. Not that I am. <laughs> just putting that out there. Well, no, I just mean because, like, the Zodiac did that. Yeah. And I think BTK did that. I think the Golden State Killer might have done that, too. I probably. Uh, Ed Kemper didn't, but he, like, eventually... Wait, hang on. I think I'm getting people confused. I know too many serial killers is a problem. <laughs> but a bunch of them always, like, did interact with the cops in some way or another. Yeah. I mean, this is the earliest case I've researched or, like, learned about. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so far, I can't say with absolute certainty, but yes. Okay. Okay. All right, so back to victim one, Mary Ann Nichols. She got married when she was 18 in 1864. It's not weird for them. for this time period. Um, To William Nichols, they had five children. Oof. And then Mary's father accused William of having an affair with a nurse present at their last son's birth. Excuse me. Yes. What? That's just rude. <laughs> well, that why one? Why is the dad starting shit, like right after they've had five babies? Yeah. And then, like, even if that did happen, well, what? Why the fuck are you doing that? Yeah. Who also makes someone have five babies? <laughs> and I just yeah. So no. yeah, little no thanks. Little bit of issues there. Um, the William claimed to have proof that their marriage had continued for at least three years after the date of this alleged affair. Um, he claimed that their marital troubles had been caused by his wife's heavy drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Yes? 
<laughs> she's not the sauce. <laughs> she's probably like, yeah, I need something to keep me sane because I have no job because it's the old times. Where and they're conscious <laughs> that it's the old times. It's the old times. I don't have a job. My job is to take care of these five children. <laughs> I just also think it's... I don't know how old she is at this point. I just think it's funny. Yeah. I think she's in her 30s. Um, Yes. But she got married when they were 18. Yeah, but she had her kids around 1880. Around the 1880s. Okay. At some point in there. She had her kids later. Um, He later maintained that his wife had deserted him and was practicing, you know, sex work. The usual... Um, in 1888, she got herself a job at the Lambeth Workhouse, and Nichols was last seen alive by Emily Holland on August 31st, walking alone down Osborne Street at approximately 2.30 in the morning. No. Yeah, so that's where we're no, at right thanks. now. Don't do that, girl. I mean, get your money. I'm not, I'm not at all concerned about your job. You had to get a job, and do what you honestly, do. there wasn't many jobs for women at this time. Yeah, there was nothing. That's why they call sex work the first the first occupation. Yeah. Because that was really all people had at the time. Mm-hmm. But I, I will say, why are you walking down an old, creepy street by yourself at 2.30 in the morning? Yeah, well, because you'll see in, like, the later women that they would, you know, stay overnight places. They just happened to be out, and that's when he got them. Don't go out. Or the guy they were seen with that was supposed to protect them was Jack the Ripper. Yeah, that part I do know. Alright, so 2.30 a.m. was about an hour before she died. Okay. Alright. She was on her back with her eyes open and her legs straight, her skirt raised above her knees. One... Wait, hang on. I know where we are. Yes. Uh, one of these two wounds measured eight inches and almost reached Wait, what wound? She had a cut on her neck, um, and she had a cut on her stomach. Okay. Probably should have started with that. Yeah. yeah. So how deep were the wounds now? Or- uh, real deep. Almost to her spine. Wow. Her face was bruised and her abdomen mutilated with one deep, jagged wound. Several incisions had also been made inflicted across her abdomen, and three or four similar cuts on the right side of her body had also been inflicted with the same knife, estimated to be about six to eight inches. Oof. Each wound had been inflicted with a violent downward thrusting, so we kind of, like, So she would have had to have been on the ground. Yeah, think, like, psycho in the shower. She's standing upright, though. Yeah, but it's still, like, that same kind okay. of... Yeah. Alright. 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 Morbid. Yeah, a little, little bit morbid. Okay, so we have this one doctor. His name's Llewellyn. He, um... He thought that the killer knew anatomy. He knew what he was doing. Um... Because? Because of the way she was killed because of how he was you know cutting her open and whatnot okay um his comment led to the superstition that nichols was not killed where her body was found but the blood from her wounds had soaked into her clothes and hair and there was little doubt that she had been killed at the crime scene with a switch left to the throat so she was killed by the throat and mutilated after at the crime scene so but she didn't have a lot of blood well i don't think 
That's weird. Mm-hmm. Wait, so they're saying that she was killed at the crime scene? The first doctor... Said no. Said no, because she didn't have a whole ton of blood. But, um... Because of the wounds that were inflicted and the fact that blood was soaked into her clothes and her hair, people were like, well, you're wrong. She was killed there. And the fact that it would have taken five minutes to cut her open like that, and then he would have just dipped. Well, and when did they... What time the next day did they find her? Do you remember that? Um... I don't have it on this one, but I do have that for later victims. I couldn't... Okay. There wasn't a whole ton of information on this lady. Um, I think that it's in the book, because I think that they do find them at, like, specific times or whatever. Mm-hmm. But... It also, was like the next morning. Yeah. But also consider that, like, yeah, if it's the next morning, that she's been laying there bleeding for hours. Yeah. And a lot of those London streets are all kind of sloped so that... Everything yeah. goes to the sewer. So it's, there's no way to say that it wouldn't have worked like that. True. Where the blood would have just run down. Yeah, I don't know. I don't trust this first guy's opinion. Most of the later, like, postmortems were done by the same doctor, the same mortician, mm-hmm. so. Uh, yeah, that's all I was able to find on her. Yeah. Not a whole lot. Yeah. All right. On to victim two, Annie Chapman. Born on September 25th, 1840. Um, she got married on May 1st in, ni- in 1869 to John Chapman. Um, she had three kids. That's fine. Um, uh, Emily Ruth, born in 1870. Annie Georgina, born in 1873. And John Alfred in 1880. John was born crippled. In what way? I just believe he couldn't walk, but it didn't mm. specify. Um, but this led the Chapmans to seek medical help for their son at a London hospital before later placing him in the care of an institution for the physically disabled. That's bad. Yeah, never, never good. You know that he was not getting taken care of in that place. Yeah. The year after that, Emily Ruth died of meningitis on her brother's second birthday at the age of 12. The, honestly, though, it's not weird. Like, kids yeah. died a lot. Real, real bad healthcare. You know, well, not just that. It's just like, you know, people didn't. Not that people didn't go to the doctor, but like there were so many more things, and like nobody had vaccines. Yeah. You know. There wasn't much they could have done. So. So that's why people had a shit ton of kids because they were pretty much expecting to lose at least a few. Yeah. Which is really sad. Yeah. (laughs) So, following the death of their daughter, both Chapman and her husband took to heavy drinking. So now we have two cases of supposed people being sauced. Yeah, people. I just like that <laughs> analogy. They're on the sauce. <laughs> All right. Over the following years after her death, she is no after Emily's death. She is known to have been arrested on several occasions for public intoxication. Um. And she separated with her husband due to this in 1884. Um, it's really not unusual. A lot of marriages it's not break unusual. up. Stop. Josh <laughs> made me listen to the whole stand up yesterday. So, um, but no, it's not unusual for marriages to break up after they lose a child. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason. 
Mm-hmm. I just think it's a little interesting that so many, like that there was such a a female drinking problem back then. I just really never attribute it to a thing. Yeah. Well, I guess if you still had children, you were taking care of the children, but you know. I mean, she still had one. Yeah. So, after they got separated, John Chapman retained custody of their one surviving daughter. So she's... So Annie's in London by herself. Okay. Um, her husband, her ex-husband, John... Was obligated to pay her a weekly allowance. Because she didn't have no money. Yeah, she didn't have no money. Um, but then John died in 1886 due to liver cirrhosis. Ouch. Wait, that's probably from all his drinking. Yeah, probably from all his drinking. Yeah. I've been um, watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> so I know all <laughs> of these terms now. I'm like, excuse me, what? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> All right, so that left their daughter with their grandmother. Um, uh, Annie resided in a small lodging house in Whitechapel in 1888, and she earned some income from her crochet work. Nice. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, other money from sex work. Mm Mm-hmm. Get it? Yeah, get it, get it, get it. Um, yes, at approximately 5.15 a.m. on September 8th, a ten- I, yes. You said it right, it just, I don't like it. 5.15 a.m., it just sounded weird I did me. not say a.m. in the morning. I know, I <laughs> know. All right, a tenant of 27th Hanbury Street named Albert Kadosh entered the yard of the property to use the lavatory. Kadosh later informed the police that he had heard a woman say no, no before hearing the sound of something or someone falling against the fence, dividing the backyards of 27 and 29. Um, He did not investigate the sounds. Of course not. Why would we? You probably shouldn't. Yeah. Well, that's a hard thing to say, because I tell everybody, just call the cops. But back then, you would have had to just run out into the street and gone, Constable, over (laughs) here, Mr. Constable, there seems a ruckus happening in the streets. (laughs) So there's a big difference. So maybe if you hear a woman going, please, no, you should check it out. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, maybe in the olden... Well, it's like, what are they going to do? You know, inspect it. There was no gunshots. You can assume that they don't have a gun. I don't know when guns were, like, commonplace. Yeah, I don't know when they were commonplace. I know people had them. Because I know that people had them, like, in the 1700s, duh. Mm-hmm. But that was, like, it was, you know, you got one shot, and then you had to, like, exactly. work really hard. So I want to know what kind of guns people had in the 1880s. Mm-hmm. But usually, yeah. if you're, you know, somebody who is a rapist or a murderer, Someone the, the presence of another person entering a scene usually stops the scene. So had the person even just gone over and been like, hey, who are you? Put that down. <laughs> this is a very John Mulaney episode. Yeah, apparently. Um, the person would have taken off. And then Annie would be alive, probably. Right. Keep that sentiment in line, in mind. Okay, in line. In line, yes. I will do it in line, yes. Okay. Um, the mortician, Dr. Phillips, was able... I don't know who's the mortician, but it was just a doctor. Dr. Phillips was able to quickly establish a definite link between Chapman's murder and Marion Nichols. Same person did it, both okay. of them. Because um, of the way that they yes, were murdered? Yes, because of the way that they were murdered. 
Um, Nichols also suffered two deep slash wounds to the throat, inflicted um, from the left to the right of her neck, so real deep. I would think that would insist that he's a right-handed person. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And had also mutilated her abdomen with a blade of similar size and design that had been used in Marion Nichols. Did he cut her boobs off? Not this one. Okay, because I know that somebody gets their boobs cut off. Thank you for bringing that up. (laughs) We're going to get to that later. I'm sorry. I know things. So, yeah, that's all I had for her. We're going to get, you know, more in-depth into things in the next episode. Okay. This is just, you know, the brief overview. All right. We have Elizabeth Stride, also known as Long Liz, was a nickname she was given. For her legs? <laughs> I think she was tall. Okay. So that's why people called her that. But I looked it up and she was only, like, five, five? Well, what was the general... She was were, as tall as a guy. No, yeah, because people were shorter back then. Yeah. So, I guess that would make her tall. Yeah, the average She's for a man was like five, six, me. five, seven. Yeah. Which is weird. How did we get taller? I want to know. I, I really don't. But how did we get taller? Yeah. Okay, continue. You know, you know. Anyways, she was born in 1843 in Sweden... Um, unlike the other four canonical Ripper victims, Stride had not been mutilated following her murder, um, leading some people to say that she wasn't murdered by Jack the Ripper, but doubtful. I think she was. Okay. Um, yes. Stride's murder occurred less than one hour before Catherine Eddowes. Yes. So they happened the same night at about the same time. Very, we're in very September close. now, right? Yes, we're in September. We're on September... 30th? Mm, yes. Yes. Yes? Yes. Positive? I am positive. Okay. We're just not there yet because we're still going through her life. Unlike the other canonical victims of the Whitechapel murders, at least three of whom resorted to sex working due to poverty, um, she uh, started earlier when she was younger. She started in 1865 when she was 22. That's when the earliest record was. I don't think that that's odd either, depending on her life situation. Yeah, because it doesn't go super in-depth into hers either. Because they say out of poverty, but, you know, if she started out younger, you know, where was her family? Because usually what happens is that the women who don't have their family end up having to resort to this, um, what is it called? this career whatever an occupation uh, yeah this occupation because that was one of the few ways for them to make a good amount of money so well it's like if they don't have anyone so that's what i'm saying we don't know her her life history perhaps she'd been kicked out perhaps her family had died Either way, this girl yeah. was on her own. So it's not... Whenever that happened, it's not weird that this was something that she, she ended had, up doing. Yeah. Exactly. All right. A year later, she moved to... So in 1866, she moved to London and lived with various different suitors until she got married in 69 to John Thomas Stride. Okay. Two first names. Yeah, we don't trust those people. He also has three <laughs> names. Yes, he also has three names. Uh, he was 22 years her senior. 
they had no children. So she was 22 and he would have been 44? Mm-hmm. She was like 23. I mean, it's also not weird for that time. It's weird now. Yeah. But back then, that was something that happened a lot. True. Um, for a couple of years, they operated a coffee shop in London. And, Cute. And they made up for the lack of income with John's carpentry business. Okay. You're right. Okay. Little little tidbit there. Not necessary information, but I thought it was fun. Um, they got divorced in 1877 due to a deteriorating marriage, and then John died in 84 due to tuberculosis. Ouch. Yeah, not fun. That's not fun. No. I do not envy you, sir. <laughs> um, from 1885 until her uh, death, uh, she lived most of the time with a local dock worker named Michael Kidney, who resided um, in Devonshire. I hope I'm saying that right. It sounds right to me. Yeah. The couple had a tumultuous relationship and regularly separated uh, with Stride sleeping in local lodging houses before returning to live with Kidney. So, off and on. That's off again, on again. I'm gonna go back and live with Kidney. It's very You strange. just like that his last name's Kidney? It's weird. I, yeah. I feel like maybe that's one of the reasons why she couldn't settle down with him, because she didn't <laughs> want to be Mrs. Kidney. Elizabeth Kidney. In April 1887, Stride uh, filed a formal assault charge against Kidney, um, but she failed to pursue the the charge, so they dropped it. That sucks. As right as it goes. Yeah, I'm not shocked. It's just it sucks. sucks. Yeah. On September 30th, between 12:35 a.m. and 12:45 a.m. Dock worker James Brown saw a woman he believed to be Stride standing with her back against the wall at the corner of Burner Street speaking with a man of average build in a long black coat. Mm-hmm. Brown heard Stride say, no, not tonight, some other night. Around 1 a.m., a man in a cart rode up and upon seeing what he called a dark bundle on the ground, tried to pick it up. When he couldn't lift it, he lit a match and saw her body just on the floor. Mm-hmm. So traumatizing for this guy. Yeah. He just rode up in a cart. She was still bleeding from a wound inflicted on her neck, and even though her hands were cold, other parts of her body were described as quite warm. So... Fresh. Yeah, her face was warm, her legs were warm, her arms were warm. But just her hands? Yeah, her hands are cold. It might have just been a cold night. And that... Yeah. I feel like the extremities are one of the first areas that cool down, mm-hmm. and then considering that she was probably wearing shoes and, you know, a dress. Yeah. So it's not weird to me that that's what happened. Mm-hmm. That her hands were cold but everything else was warm. Yeah. It takes time. Yeah. And, you know, she was still bleeding, so. Yeah. Um. The doctor opinioned his belief that Stride's murder may have pulled her back murderer may have pulled her backwards onto the ground by her neck chief, like the handkerchief, okay. um, before cutting her throat. Um, a different doctor stated his opinion that Stride had probably been laying on her back when she was killed by a single swift slash wound from the left to the right across her neck. According, um, indicating that the murderer had been right-handed. You caught mm-hmm. on to that. 
real early. I'm a detective. You proud of that? Yes. <laughs> I don't watch cold case files for no reason. Mm-hmm. There was bruising on Stride's chest suggesting that she had been pinned to the ground prior to the wound on the neck being inflicted so she couldn't move. Mm-hmm. Because we love how that happens. All right, so... You know what I'm thinking? Because she's the one that didn't get mutilated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then another murder happens quickly after. Yeah, real quick. Within, like, a half an hour. What I'm thinking is that since she had bruising to her chest, there seems to be more of a fight in this one than in the other ones so far. That mm-hmm. I think that there was a ruckus more and someone maybe did, you know interrupt things maybe they didn't know what they were seeing but they saw something going on and heard a bunch of noise and then he probably took off so they chased after him and then someone else found um what's her Mm -hmm. name again stride what's her real elizabeth Elizabeth. yeah then they found elizabeth because that would have been close and then because he wasn't satisfied with his murder he had to go find somebody else yeah, people have that theory, and then they also have a theory that she walked in on him with another girl, with the next victim. But we'll get it more into that into the next What? Episode. So then, like, the next victim, he was with her, and then Elizabeth was like, hello? And then the other girl took off, and then he got mad and slashed her throat, and then chased her down the street? Yeah. I mean, I guess that could happen. Yeah, so we'll get more yeah. into that later. Um, victim number four, Catherine Eddowes was born in 1842 on April 14th. Um, she moved to London when she was one. From where? I have no idea. Hmm. Um, in 1857, her parents died and she moved in with her aunt in Birmingham. While residing in Birmingham, she began a relationship with a former soldier, Thomas Conway, with whom she had two children. They were not married yet. Okay, this is the next person, right? Yes. Victim number Catherine. four. Catherine okay. Eddowes. Eddowes had the initials TC tattooed in blue ink on her left forearm. They had tattoos back then? Yeah. But not like what we think of today. Well, I mean, there was obviously no machines to do it. Yeah. So, you know, a lot more painful. It was probably just longer. So you yeah. had to dip a needle in ink, probably. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but it's, like, a real distinct thing that you can see, like, I know who this is, because I know that tattoo. Um, Eddowes was five feet tall, with dark auburn hair and hazel eyes. Friends described her as a very jolly woman, always singing, um, and intelligent and scholarly. What a sweet little But she possessed a fierce temper. So, Mm. yeah, she seems like a neat person. Very flippy flop. Yeah. Maybe, was she a Gemini? She would have been an Aries. They do have that. Because we need to find this out. I have so many questions, so I need to know all the information. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, Catherine Eddowes is apparently an Aries. Um, yes. Okay. In 1868, Eddowes and Conway moved to London. Uh, they took lodgings in Westminster. A third child was born, child, a third child was born, <laughs> children, kid, kiddo. A child. <laughs> Sings into the woods. <laughs> um, right, a third child was born while in London, and Eddowes took to drinking after that. 
so Did she have like really bad postpartum depression? Maybe. Possibly. Okay. She left her family in 1880. By the following year, she was living with a new partner, John Kelly. Okay. Um, here she took to casual sex work to pay the rent. Um, and here we get to the murder. 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 Okay. At 8.30 p.m. on Saturday, September 29th, Eddowes was found lying drunk in the road. She was taken into custody, um... Then to the Bishopgate Police Station, where she was detained, giving the name nothing, until she was sober enough to leave at 1 a.m. the morning of the 30th. Okay. So, she seems like a firecracker of a lady. I think that's funny. What's your name? Nothing. <laughs> what are they supposed to do with her? Uh, there's no fingerprinting. There's no ID cards. She's they only would have been able to go off of her her word. Or nothing. someone else coming in for yeah. her. I'm nothing. <laughs> let me sleep and let me go. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. So prior to her release, Eddowes gave her name and address as Marianne Kelly of Six Fashion Street. That's also not right. Just like Six Fashion Street. <laughs> the first one? No, the sixth one. <laughs> she was last seen alive at 1.35 a.m. by three witnesses. Joseph Lange, Joseph Hyam, Hyam, H-Y-A-M, did I say that right? Probably. Joseph Hyam Levy and Harry Harris. That's a fun All men. Yes, all men, who themselves had just left a club on Duke Street. Hmm. At 1.45 a.m., Edo's mutilated body was found in the southwest corner of Mitre Square um, by the square's beat policeman, P.C. Edward Watkins. Wait, so they l- saw her when they left the club at 1.30? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. At 1.35, so ten minutes later she was found dead. Yeah. So not good. No. According to the surgeon on the scene, Frederick Gordon Brown, who did most of the postmortems. Also, why did they let her leave at 1 a.m.? Yeah, I'd be like, why did staying here until someone comes to get you? I've never heard of that before. If anyone is brought in with public intoxication, like, I think they stay there all night unless somebody comes pick them up. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have just let her... They shouldn't have just let her walk and out. And she was clearly still intoxicated, too. She was yeah. sane enough to give her name, but she was clearly still... It wasn't her name, right? Her name's yeah, Catherine. Name. <laughs> um, yeah. So she was found by the constable... Mm-hmm. Her throat was cut and her skirts were drawn above her abdomen. Her stomach was cut open and her intestines were pulled over her right shoulder. Gross. Her body was also still warm when they found her. Well, yeah, because she probably died less than... Within ten minutes. Well, like, okay, he, would, he wouldn't have just come up on her and, like, slap... I mean, maybe. She's drunk, he have, so he yeah. could have just done it. But either way... Yeah, it does. It takes so much longer than ten minutes for a body to get cold. Mm-hmm. It's not like in the movies where they're like, "I feel so cold," and then I'm you touch them, cold. and then it's like you're freezing. No, your your body is still warm because your blood is still in yeah, your body. Unless you're following rules of Twilight, your body doesn't go cold. The cold ones. Yeah, they cold. also were. They got cold after three days. <laughs> it still took them time to get cold. Anyways, her postmortem was done by Brown, and he found that she died from the initial cut on her throat before anything else happened, uh, meaning that the killer wouldn't have blood on him, which was his tactic. 
Wait, okay, so say that again. She died from the initial cut on her throat, mm-hmm. like all of the other victims. Yeah. And this was intentional on his part because he wouldn't have gotten any blood on him. Like, yeah. if he came up from behind her and cut her throat, he would have been perfectly clean. Okay, but if he's cutting people from behind, then that would have to make him left-handed. True. Because if he's slitting from left to right. Didn't even consider that. If he's slitting people from behind them, then yeah. Or he maybe he's not left-handed all the time, but he's definitely cutting people with his left yeah. hand. Because if you're behind somebody and you're cutting with your right hand, you would go right to left. Yeah. Anyways, we don't know how he did it. We just know that he wouldn't have... I don't know. They probably <laughs> do. Um, but yeah, her left kidney had been removed... I remember this. Yes. Showing that the killer had good knowledge of the organs. And how did he do that in ten, less than ten minutes? I have no clue. This guy's fucking efficient. Um, however, the first doctor and detective on the scene disagreed, saying that he had no prior knowledge and not even the skills of a butcher. You have to know where the kidney is. Yeah. And then like, you can't, You're it. not just pulling out random organs. Well, and, like, it was just her kidney. Like, that's buried. Like, the kidney isn't, like, right on top. It's underneath. Mm -hmm. Like, he moved the intestines. Yeah. And then went for the kidney. So. So, yeah. Um, in addition to the abdominal wounds, the- Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Yes? He took the kidney. Another victim was sort of Mrs. Kidney. Yes? That's funny. Yes? Is Is that a connection? (laughs) <laughs> no. It could be. What if he knew? Truly, we don't know, because they never found the guy. That's so. true. Um, in addition to the abdominal wounds, the murderer had also cut Edo's face across the bridge of her nose on both cheeks um, and through the eyelids of both eyes. Ew. And the tip of her nose and part of one ear had been cut off. I don't mess with eyes. Nope. The nose and the ears thing don't bother me so much because I've seen people with frostbite. But I don't like anything to yeah. do with eyes, teeth, or nails. Well, that's what was so hard to identify her was because her face was all cut up. That's so sad. Yeah. Um, alright, on to victim five. The last one. Yes. Alright, Mary Jane Kelly. Okay. Which I think, hang on, give me just a second. All right, no, we're good. Um, she you were was, checking to see if that was the name that yes, the other person that's gave? that's exactly what I was doing. And it was not, it right? It was not. It was Mary Lee. And Kelly. Oh, Mary. It was still really yeah, close. Yeah, it was like, it was really close. That's, that's a fun coincidence. Because, you know, murder is fun. To us it is. I mean, I don't I mean, we're starting a podcast. Mur- I don't... Episode. We've started... Oh, this is also episode number 10! <gasps> really? It's episode number 10! I didn't know we'd made it that far. Wow, we're putting this in <laughs> late into the episode. Yay! Woo, we did it! No, okay, so not... Back to any other case. I'm not condoning murders, <laughs> obviously, but I. There, we obviously enjoy talking about it. Yes, you know, following the theme of, we don't support cannibalism, but... No. What are you talking about? Back to Wendigos. We don't support cannibalism. But if you're super, super stressful, hungry. I don't. There's so many other things you can eat before you eat people. (laughs) 
Um, alright, so Mary Jane Kelly was born in 1863 with no actual birth date. Very, very little is recorded on this lady. That's so sad. But also not surprising. It's the old times. This lady was just so weird. It's the Um, old times. It's the olden days. Unlike the other four canonical Ripper victims, each of whom had been murdered outdoors and whose mutilations could have been committed within minutes, Kelly was murdered within a sparsely furnished single room that she rented at 13 Miller's Court, affording her murderer an extensive period of time to eviscerate and mutilate her body. I'm thinking he knew her. Maybe. Um, this is the goriest one we have. It's really not That makes it even more sense that it would be someone that they knew. Because people always do worse when it's personal. Yeah. This murder took two hours. And just, like, how else would they have gotten into the apartment? You know? Well, I'll go into it a little bit later, but her... The window next to the door was broken. But he yeah, he did go in with his, her. That's so. not his M.O. Yeah. Anyway, tell me tell Anyways, me the whole thing. So yeah, her murder took two hours to complete. That sucks. It, it's awful. Uh, not much is known about her childhood as it was never documented, and she lied about a lot of it, including her name. So for the most part, who knows what is actually accurate mm. or not? Um, newspaper accounts dating from November 1888. Claim Kelly was known as Mary McCarthy, which may have been a mix-up with an earlier surname of her landlord at the time of her death, or the surname of a previous landlady whom she'd lived with until 1886. Um, people don't even really know what she looks like. She was said to have black hair based off the nickname Black Mary, but she was also given the nickname Fair Emma in Ginger. So, nobody knows. Why would they call her Fel- Fair Emma? I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, that also doesn't necessarily mean that she had blonde hair. She just could have had pale skin. It was in reference to a blonde hair. Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. This is... She's just the weirdest lady. Um, yeah, town corrupted, whatever. Um, the one thing everything seems to agree on was that she was super pretty. Like, real attractive. Mm. When Kelly was uh, 16 in 1879 or so, she reportedly married a coal miner named Davis or Davies. Probably Davies. Yeah. He was killed two or three years later in a mining explosion. So he did not last long. Yeah. This is why I am never going into a mine or a cave. I won't tell you to. I just make you look at heights. Yeah, I can deal with that more than the thought of being trapped underground. What, me pushing you into a cave? I mean, I'd rather you push me off a cliff than into a cave. I'll just, I'm, but I don't even want to go in the caves. Like, I don't do that. To go first! So what? Because then, I, yeah, if it was the other... To get you into a cave, I'd have to tie a string <laughs> around my waist, attach it to you into a way that you can't undo it, and then just start walking into the cave. <laughs> if I'm going down, I'm taking you with me! So, no thanks, because I don't want to go. Yeah. So, no. Anyways, back on topic. Uh, Without any means of financial support, um, she relocated to Cardiff, where she lived with one of her cousins. Although there are no contemporary records of Kelly's presence in Cardiff, it is at this stage in her life that Kelly is considered to have begun her career as a sex worker. So, because she had no money, 
And no, and her husband died. Yeah, and her husband died. She they probably with also cousin. weren't making a bunch of money with him as a coal miner. Yeah, and her cousin wasn't great either. So, so yeah, not I, good. I she was it. not having a great life. Yeah. Um, in 1884, she left Cardiff and moved to London. She found work at a high-end brothel and was quickly super popular. Because, you know, she's pretty and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, for example, a gentleman asked her to come live with him in France, and she came back two weeks later because she didn't like it. She didn't like France? Yeah, she didn't like it. She didn't like her life there. Okay. So she was like, whatever, I'm out. Bye. Um, but she when, gave it the good try. Right, she gave it two weeks. Uh, she came back. She adopted the name Marie Jeanette. That sounds so, French. Yeah, which is French. Which she didn't like. Yep. Okay. In 1886, she became acquainted with 28-year-old Joseph Barnett, and they became real close. But it doesn't... Like close or like close? Like close. Like, they're probably just... Just friends? Yeah, it doesn't okay. specify anything, but... Yeah, it doesn't say anything. Um, in early 1888, they moved in together in a small single room, and she took up a drinking habit. So it's also a common theme with mm-hmm. most of our ladies, unfortunately. Um, apparently when she was drunk, she became a totally different person, which, you know, alcohol does sometimes. Mm-hmm. She went from being quiet and timid to abusive and noisy as fuck. That's annoying. Yeah, so not good. She's one of the, like, annoying angry drunks. Yeah. Not the fun drunk girl in a bathroom. No. Um, Barnett lost his employment as a fish porter in July 1888, uh, due to committing theft because nobody makes enough money. Yeah. As a result, Kelly again resorted to sex working. According to Barnett, she began to allow other prostitutes to sleep in their room on cold, bitter nights. I mean, I think that's nice. Yeah, she's just helping out some of her friends. Um, because she didn't have the heart to refuse them shelter. Well, yeah. Especially since she's also a sex worker, so she knows what it's like to be out there. Yeah. So, and she was the only one that had, like, actual shelter. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so she doesn't seem like an awful, awful person. No, she's just a bad drunk. Yeah, everyone has their moments. Though, this might have been consistent, we don't know. Initially, Barnett was tolerant of all of this until he and Kelly quarreled over her sharing a room with, um, one of her friends he knew as Julia. That's all it says about her. Okay. Barnett subsequently left 13 Miller's Court on the 30th of October, more than a week before her death. Um, but he came back frequently. Hmm. On the evening of the 9th of November in 1888, she went out to drink and was reportedly seen coming home with the man around 11.45. Okay. So this is the night before the murder. Or the night of of the the murder. murder. Um, On the morning of November 9th, 1888, um, the day of the annual Lord Mayor's Day celebrations. That's a mouthful. What the fuck is that? No, no, no. We need to look this up. <laughs> what is it called? Lord of the Mayor? Yes, Lord Mayor's Day Celebrations. Okay, hang on. Let me type that in. The day is marked by a pageant known as the Lord Mayor's Show for the Lord Mayor of the City of London. What it's the actually fuck is a Lord styled the presentation of the Lord Mayor at the Royal Court's Justice. What's a Lord Mayor? <laughs> 
What is a Lord Mayor? Let me look that up. I have so many questions. I mean, give it to you Brits for making great names for things. True. Truth. What is a Lord Mayor? It's just a mayor. But they just give the title Lord. They just British it. Britished it. Lord Mayor Alexa? I don't want to be a Lord Mayor. Lady Mayor? Yeah, it would be Lady Mayor if that were me. So Lord Mayor is a title of a mayor of what is usually a major city in the United Kingdom. So, so they're a mayor of a like metropolitan area. Yeah, okay. I can get behind you that. You know I what? Guess. I think I'm okay with that too now. Because yeah. there's a I think there's a vast difference being like the mayor of South Pass compared to LA. Y- yeah. Because you have a lot more people to deal with, you have a lot more issues to deal with, mm-hmm. rather than just what what's up with the trees. What's up with the trees? <laughs> yeah. Or, no, you cannot paint your house that color. <laughs> don't allow They got me real on. issues in London. Yeah. They, okay. they actually have shit going I on. I am not mad at this anymore. <laughs> Anyways. Um, on the morning of November 9th, 1888, the day of the annual Lord Mayor's Day celebrations, <laughs> Kelly's landlord, John McCarthy, sent his assistant, ex-soldier Thomas Boyer, to collect the rent. Mm. Um, Kelly was six weeks behind on her payments. Damn. Yeah. Um, Showing sure. 69 shillings. 29 shillings. Oh, my bad. <laughs> this is what you get for trying to read my notes. <laughs> I don't have good eyesight. Shortly after 10.45 a.m., uh, Boyer, Boyer, Boyer knocked on her door but received no response. He then looked through the keyhole but couldn't see anybody in the room. Pushing aside the clothing used to plug the broken window pane, like I was saying, the window next to her door was broken. But it was still put together, so I don't, that's not how he got in. Yeah, well, yeah, and the guy had put, like, a jacket over the window from before, not so, just yeah. at night. Then, no, because, the, yeah, it says there's, what, clothing that was used to plug it, because yeah. I'm sure it was cold as shit, Yeah, because it it's London in November. Yes, so uh, Boyer peered inside the room, discovering Kelly's extensively mutilated corpse lying on the bed. That's so bad. It's awful. This poor guy is traumatized. Um, that shit just didn't happen back then either. Yeah, it still doesn't even happen today. Well, yeah, but at least we have, like, horror movies. True. Those people don't. Yeah, they weren't used to this kind of shit. She is believed to have died between three and nine hours before the discovery of her body. Um, and news of another Ripper victim spread rapidly throughout East End. Crowds estimated to number over a thousand gathered at the end of Dorset Street, with many um, members of the public voicing their frustration and indignation at the news. So this lady just got killed, and there's over a thousand people standing at her street. I mean, everyone's scared. Yeah. Like, I think that sucks, too, but I think that, you know, the police at that time hadn't done things to you know, appease the public. They had no information to go off. They had no suspect. Yeah, I mean, that hasn't changed. It's been going on for months. Women keep disappearing. And this was someone in their own home this time. Yeah, so they're like, how much further is it going to go? It wasn't just someone on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Right. The mutilation of Kelly's corpse was by far the most extensive of the Whitechapel murders. Wait, and she was in the living room, right? It was just a single room, like a studio. Actually, it wasn't even that. It was just a room, and the bath pulled out from under the bed. Because it's the old times. Yeah, because it's the old times. Um, likely because the murderer had more time to commit his atrocities in a private room without fear of discovery over an extensive period of time. As opposed to, you know, the 10, 15 minute. I mean, he was already able to do a lot within those 10 to 15 minutes. You know, Um, give a guy two hours. God, it's awful. Yeah. The autopsy of Kelly's body took two and a half hours to complete during the post-mortem. And they saw the rigor mortis setting in, indicating that the death occurred between 2 and 8 a.m. Which is still a pretty wide time gap. I'm guessing it happened sooner rather than later. Yeah. Probably, because 8 a.m. people are already awake and doing stuff. Yeah. Um, The right arm was slightly separated from her body and was rested on the mattress. The whole surface of the abdomen and thighs were removed, and the abdominal cavity emptied of its viscera, which is like a, a goo. Of all the stuff. Yeah, of all the stuff. The breasts were cut off and the arms mutilated by several jagged wounds and the face hacked beyond recognition of its features. Oh, she was so pretty. Yeah, she was real pretty. Of the neck was severed all the way down to the bone and the uterus and kidneys with one breast were found under her head. The other breast by the right foot and the liver between the feet. The intestines by the right side and the spleen by the left side of her body. The flaps removed from the abdomen and thighs were on a table, and her face gashed in all directions. The nose, cheeks, eyebrows, and ears had been partially removed, and the lips were blanched and cut by several incisions uh, running down all the way to the chin. There were also numerous cuts extending irregularly across all features. Um, yes. Phillips believed that Kelly had been killed by a slash to the throat and mutilations performed afterwards. So, fortunately, her death was quick. I think, yeah, she probably was already... I think he he probably started with the slit throat because that seems to be his thing. Yeah. So she was already going by the time he would have started, like, working on the rest of her. Yeah. And I kind of feel like it was... was. I kind of feel like he did that in spite because the doctor had said that he had no idea what he was doing. And he was like, (laughs) here, I'm going to cut off everything right, and he's display like, Fuck it. all you guys. No, just the doctor. Yeah. And the detective didn't think he had any knowledge either. Yeah, so fuck them. Yeah. I'm gonna do what I want. Anyways, that's all I have for this one. Oh yeah. And yay. we'll go far more into depth in the next one. Yeah, the theories and stuff is the fun part. Yeah. We just needed the setup. Yeah. Yeah. That was bad. Yeah, not fun. Ugh. Yeah, I'm gonna keep saying it. I think that he knew... I mean, maybe not. Maybe he just picked her. But it's weird that she would have brought him to her house. Yeah. So she had to at least feel somewhat comfortable with him. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know many... I think many sex workers choose to go to the other person's place. Yeah, well, because like, earlier then that can... night, one of her friends was over and... um that guy she was living with came back and said that he didn't have any money to give her because he was helping her live there still. Mm. 
So he came by, said he didn't have any money, so she went out to work and then found this guy and brought him back. That seems odd still. But this guy must have ran in all the rings because he knew that all these ladies were sex workers. Besides, um... Elizabeth? Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. You did a big case? Part one of Big Case, yes. Yes, and it is episode ten! Woo! Whoop Thank you to our 25 followers. Yes, we appreciate <laughs> you for sticking by us. <laughs> To all of our friends that are listening, we appreciate you guys. Yes, yes. So this is Jack the Ripper. You'll get the next part in two weeks because next week we're having something else come. It's real fun. You guys are going to like it. You might get... So you guys might get two episodes in one week. Yeah. So enjoy that, maybe. Yeah, well, I'm excited for that one. So. All right. Well, we have an Instagram... At nope underscore I'm underscore scared. And you can like our photos and... Send us a DM. Mm-hmm. Watch our stories, because sometimes we post stuff. Occasionally. Um, you can send emails with general hellos or hometown murders or true crime Spooky stories bits. or ghost experiences. Honestly, just whatever you want, man. Yeah, and you can send all of that to nope, I'm scared podcast at gmail.com And I think that's it. Yeah, that's man. it. Uh, again, I'm Alexa. I'm Ella. We don't have a catchphrase. No, we're, we're still working on that. It'll maybe come at some at point. At some point. We're still kind of early into this thing. Yeah. So, uh, well... Yeah. Bye! Bye.